The follow-up is simple. Ask a question, listen to the answer, then follow up. I'm your host, Noah Kozlov. Enjoy. The follow-up today is with one of my best friends from college. She's Jess Butler. She got her PhD in sociology and gender studies from USC, and she's currently a sociology instructor at Butler University. Jess, as someone who participated in the Me Too movement, as a professor now, how do you teach your students about changing the culture? Um, okay, well, hi. Thanks hi. for having me. Um, hi. <laughs> so for me, you know, I'm a sociology girl, right? So for me, it's all about getting students to see sexual violence or sexual assault, right, as a culture in the first place, right? Not as something that's just, like, unique to individuals or just, like, this one experience this one time or this one guy this one time, but it's something that we actually, um, you know, we've built a society around it, right? And so that we internalize it, we interact in these ways that sort of enable, right, or support or at least don't challenge sort of, um, you know, misogyny, right? Like a, a degradation of women, um, a devaluation of women, right? In ways that can then lead to stuff like sexual harassment, and sexual assault, which is what Me Too is all about. So it was really interesting for me, like when Me Too, I'm like looking at Twitter, right? And Me Too like starts popping up and I'm trying, I'm trying not to curse on your podcast, but I was like, I said a curse word, but really I was just like, well, obviously Me Too, like, who among us? Like, I didn't know anyone. I couldn't think of anyone that I knew, women at least, right, and trans people and gender nonconforming people that hadn't somehow experienced harassment or assault. And so I, like, was racking my brain trying to figure out, well, like, when was, if I really had to think about, when was sort of the first time that I experienced this? And I can go all the way back to, like, you know, second grade on the playground, some kid, like, you know, chasing after me and like pulled my pants down on the playground. And then everybody's like looking at me and laughing. And it's like, I'm a, that's a, I'm a child. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I can think about, I was like, well, when's the most recent time? And it's like, well, yesterday I went to the gas gas station and got cat called. Right. So it's like this, it's like ubiquitous. It's not this sort of like, um, one-off thing, right. Where, especially if we're including harassment, it's sort of, if you're in a, a body that people identify as, you know, feminine, this stuff happens all the time. And so for me, it was like, me too is this really interesting thing where I saw people, men especially, being kind of surprised. And I, and I posted about this on my Facebook, but I was like, why the surprise, the surprise surprised me, right? Because this is something that I like, grew, you know, just sort of have learned to live with as a woman in the world. Um, and so the surprise was really interesting. So I was like, okay, it's somebody that teaches this stuff in my classes, you know, I teach the sociology of gender, it's what I've, you know, got a degree in. And so we talk about this stuff in class all the time, but this was sort of this like new opportunity to think about how do we talk to college students about something um, like a culture of sexual violence, not just sort of um, individual experiences or something like that. So with college students, it's this really interesting thing because we know, like, with women in the military, uh, trans people, gender nonconforming people, college students are one of the, you know, groups that is most likely to experience assault. So when I'm in a college classroom, I'm sitting with women who have already been or are likely to be assaulted at that institution, right? So how do we end up, how do we talk about that in 
um, you know, kind of it's it's a it's a you know I sensitive is sort of a weird word because I don't necessarily think that we need to avoid these conversations. I actually am convinced that we have to have these conversations in classrooms. But how do you do that in a way that respects people's experiences? Um, it doesn't ask them to disclose traumas that they're not prepared or ready or capable of disclosing. Um, but you know, thinking about how we how we create a culture of sexual violence. So for me, it's like, how do we think about, I, st- I always start with, you know, sociology at its core is sort of, you know, how do we socialize people? How do we internalize the stuff we learn? How do we interact with other people? And then how do we like build institutions around those uh, sort of concepts or norms? And so we just try to talk about that at every sexual violence, how that happens at every level, right? So we sort of start with, Gender, really, that's where I have to start with this. If we're thinking about changing sexual violence, we have to think about, like, where does it come from in the first place? So in a college classroom, um, you know, we just talk about the ways that we expect men to perform these kinds of masculinity that are about dominance and violence and this sort of, like, uh, unrestrained, hyper kind of heterosexuality. And then conversely, right, we expect women to be sort of good sex object, right? Sexy, heterosexually desirable and like nice at any cost. And that, that creates this really, um, this really clear power difference, right? When you put people together in a, in a heterosexual environment, which college for sure um, often is, that those differences get kind of amplified, right? And so they get played out. And it's not to say that sort of gender causes sexual violence, but if we're thinking about it as a culture, we have to think about like, how do we, how are we like, teaching people, little kids even, how are we teaching them how to be men and women or boys and girls um, in ways that actually end up feeding into this idea that men are supposed to be dominant and women are supposed to be good sex objects, right? And, and the thing for me that's so interesting is that a lot of people will go like to the media and to like the workplace when we're talking about harassment or violence. And it's like, yes, for sure the media and, and the workplace are, are two, like, really central sites for objectifying women and showing the dominance of, of men. But this was happening, like, in all of our institutions, right? So we have to think about, like, how, and this is where it gets, I mean, for many students, you know, I'm in the middle of Indiana, so it's, like, predominantly white, middle class, heterosexual mm-hmm. um, students. And so when we're talking about, like, well, sexual violence is actually built in to our society from the beginning, right? If you think about colonialism and um, sexual assaults of Native women and you think about slavery and sexual violence against Black women, this is actually really American, right? The idea that we use sexual violence as a way to dominate, right? As a way to control. And I think that's a really important lesson when we're thinking about changing it is to get rid of this myth that like somehow sexual violence is about sex at all. It's not at all. It's about power and control um, and dominance, right? So those for me, that's like this, that's where we have to start is like getting the real, like the culture piece instead of just the like, well, I was harassed yesterday and having it be this like individualized experience. And I think that that's actually really been helpful for my students to be like, oh, literally me too, right? That it's not just this sort of stigmatized thing that I didn't talk to anybody about. Um, So to be in a room of, you know, 30 people and everybody is kind of like, yeah, I either like saw, 
you know, my friend do this or this happened to me. Um, it sort of, it opens up this space that is, you know, it can be painful. It's painful for me for sure. But uh, it also opens up this space to think about how do we change it once we understand it as cultural instead of somehow just like individual or random or like a stranger in the alley situation, right? Where it's actually, we know that the majority of sexual assaults are, are committed by acquaintances, people that we know, right? So it's sort of, sort of dispelling those myths, right? That's a big thing that sure. we try to do. Do you, get yeah, a, so. do you get a sense from the conversations that you guys have in class that the men in the class have had revelations? Yeah, I mean, it's a trip, right? Because we, we really start with masculinity. I mean, that's where we start. And I think people are like, at the beginning, it's sort of like, uh, you know, you know, not all men, right? Which is totally true. Like, you know, we know that the majority of assaults, uh, for sure on college campuses, are perpetrated by the same guy over and over again, right? So that we can have 10 assaults but they're all perpetrated by the same guy. And so that's an interesting spot for guys to be in. Um, you know, I, I, I have a lot of fraternity men and, and, and men athletes, men and women athletes in my classes. And what happens with them usually is this sort of, not necessarily a revelation of like, uh, oh, you know, I'm rethinking everything I ever knew about masculinity, but, oh, I see the ways that I'm complicit in this, right? The ways that like me, like making, making like a gender joke to my buddy in the locker room is actually on that same spectrum, right? Of then our other teammate, like assaulting some girl at a party, right? That they start to see themselves on that spectrum instead of separate from it in a way that is for sure. And, and, you know, we talk about this at length. I'm, I'm a sort of teacher who is going to, ask us to make transparent our discomfort in the classroom. So, you know, men will be sort of squirming sometimes and we'll, we'll sort of talk about that. Like, why is this uncomfortable? Right. And it is sort of learning to see yourself. If you are, you know, a man on this spectrum of with as part of this culture, right. And complicit in creating and propping up these kinds of masculinity, or at least, um, not doing anything to stop it, right? And that's the thing that I see the most often is college men sort of knowing um, but not not feeling like they can or are willing um, or, or to even know what it, w- what it might look like to do something about it, right? And so that's the thing that I think happens in class that for me is potentially the most promising, right? Seeing men um, sort of recognizing mm-hmm. their, their um, you know, the ways that they are part of this, not somehow separate from it, right? And when you're trying to change a culture, those are the types of small victories you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. This is why, you know, teaching for me um, has actually been really healing for me in many ways, right? Uh, because it's just like, this is what you, this is what we have to do. Like if we're in a place, you know, and Indiana is a kind of a perfect place for this because most of these students, um, you know, have had abstinence only education their entire lives. They've never actually talked about um, sex or sexual violence in any in any real way. Uh, so to talk about it in a group of people, and this this includes me, right? This includes teachers in that group. Uh, again, like it opens up this space where it's like, okay, if we made it this way, 
if we made a culture, this is sort of the beauty of sociology, right? If we make a culture in a way that degrades women um, and perpetuates violence against women and, and you know, women-identified people and, and the feminine, we can make it a different way. I mean, that's sort of the beauty of it and, and the, the scary part at the same time that we made this. So we can do it a different way, but we actually have to talk about it. So that's the thing that I love about Me Too um, is that it's not sort of saying anything new. People have known this, or at least I think many women have known this for a really long time, but that we're talking about it, right? Because nothing changes if we don't name it, if we don't try to understand it um, for what it actually is. So that one is, it is, it's helpful for me. We have to do it this way. We have to actually be willing to talk about it. Well, we had so many serious conversations when we were in college together. You were always there for me. I'm always there for you. And I'm just glad that these students now have the opportunity knowing that you're there for them in this teacher capacity and having these conversations. They're really lucky. Thanks for the time, Jeff. Thanks, Noah. So in order to change the culture, we need to understand and recognize that it's part of the culture first and not just isolated incidents. Then once we all know what it is and are able to recognize it, we need to be willing to do something about it in the moment. The discussions that Jess is able to lead at Butler University in classrooms with male and female students are the discussions that all of us need to be having while knowing full well that we're going to feel uncomfortable. And that's a good thing. At the base of it all, is kindness and the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Thanks for taking the time to join us on The Follow-Up. The Follow-Up is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com.